Welcome to the Passion Business Podcast, the podcast for free spirits with a big idea who want to turn their passion into a business. I'm Anke Herman and I'm your host. My guest today is on a mission to support people willing to do their inner work and learn cutting-edge relational skills for, to forge deeper, more authentic connections so they're radically supported, their hearts open and they experience financial success. In his work, he uses the Enneagram to help people understand themselves and others better. So if you've ever been curious to explore why you do what you do and why others behave the way they do and the impact that understanding that can have on your life, this episode's for you. Welcome, Ben Salzman. Hello and welcome, Ben. I'm delighted to have you here. Great. <laughs> so first of all as always let people know where in the world are you i am in santa cruz california this is home for me mm, sounds sounds beautiful sounds that's yeah. absolutely beautiful now <laughs> especially when people you know obviously people might see the the background or they just listen but you've got a fascinating background there so obviously uh i'm curious people are curious let us know what's your business what, what nice. do you do? So we work with people around their Enneagram personality type. So this is the Enneagram behind me, maps out nine different personality types. How do those types grow and evolve and change? Um, for entrepreneurs, it's a lot about how are we in our own way? What is the, uh, the structures, the blocks? How are we holding ourselves back in ways that we don't even know? And what we discover is that for each of these nine personality types, there's some hidden beliefs. There's a way of being in the world that pushes other people away, that keeps us from creating the kind of trusting relationships that we wanna have as entrepreneurs. And this puts some kind of glass ceiling on our business. And we, we can't make generate enough money. We can't have as much impact as we wanna have. Now, the reason that this looks like the matrix behind me is because we say that these personality types are their own personal matrix, that you are inside something that you cannot see or taste or touch or smell a prison for your mind. And each of these types has its own peculiar way that it shapes your perception and draws your attention. Uh, it has you running from fears that you're not even aware of. And so my job is to help you understand those fears and bring that unconscious motivation and the unconscious stuff up into conscious awareness so that you can break out of it, so you can break out of your matrix. So that's basically what we do with seminars, with one-on-one -on -one coaching, uh, with a, a lot of virtual programs. We help people get out of their own way so that they can have business success. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> and obviously, I will, I will admit that I actually took uh, the quiz. So I know what my type is. Can you tell from people? Would you guess? Would you know? There are some, I've been doing this for 20 years. So there's sometimes when people come into a space, a room, and their type just, you know, it hits me or my body has different body responses to some of the different types. Um, and other people, it takes a while, you know, we've got to be in conversation, we've got to kind of pull their inner world out and take a look at their reaction patterns and what do they do, you know, how do they show up in the world energetically. Uh, the, the Enneagram, on the surface level, a lot of the types can look very similar. 
a type three and a type seven has a lot of vibrancy and aliveness and energy. And so they can look similar or type five and four are sometimes more contracted and repressed and held back. But as you go deeper and deeper into the unconscious, that's where this system gets more and more precise. So mm. it can take a while sometimes to get a hold of what somebody's type is. But once you do, it's like they're, the revealing is tremendous for folks. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's a little bit like an onion, like, you know, once you see one thing, something else comes up. Now, yeah. I'm incredibly curious to find out how you discovered this. I mean, how do you, how did you discover this whole world of the Enneagram and, and, and the impact it has? How did you discover it for yourself? And what made you decide to turn this into your work? Yeah. So I had... I know you get interested in people's kind of past and their journey here. Um, so I had always had an interest in people and in kind of why do people do what they do? And it started off, uh, I would observe basketball coaches. I played a lot of basketball growing up and there were some coaches that were obviously amazing and could inspire and could uplift people. And you wanted to coach, uh, play for them. You wanted to perform for them. And there were other basketball coaches who they just kind of irritated me. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> why, why are you so irritating? And why are you so good? And what makes the difference between you? And what are you doing that can focus a team, motivate a team? And why is it so demotivating to play for you? So I had always had an interest in, in leadership and you know, the people side of things. And I, I got into college and started working for organizations. I, I lived near the Silicon Valley and there was a, a buzz in the Silicon Valley around getting organizations, startup organizations up and going quick, having them bond and connect with each other, focus behind a, a vision and a leader and take off. You know, this was back in the, the days when that was a, a big deal around here. So I worked for an organization that did that. They would always bring people together. They would do team building events. They would do um, personality assessments and they would launch the, these groups out into the world, these organizations into the world. And I started uh, from there, I was getting interested in becoming a facilitator. I came in as kind of a grunt, you know, somebody just set up the events. And I asked, well, what do I have to do to become a facilitator? And the head honcho said, you have to go get a master's degree in organizational development. Oy, oy, oy. So, all right, look around, I go get the master's degree. In there, there's a couple of uh, classes on how to coach, not sports coach, but how to coach leaders, how to coach people who want to get things done, how to coach entrepreneurs. So I take one of those, I run into a, a mentor coach, and we're having some of those conversations that are deep into the night. I don't know if you've ever had a, a really well-trained mentor-student relationship where you're kind of in that role of student to a mentor, but sometimes those are amazing. And we had one of those where she really took me under her wing, follow me, kid, and <laughs> kind of taught me the ropes around how to generate change and transformation in, in leaders and in organizations. And we were having one of those 1 a.m. conversations. And she said, to do the kind of change work that you're interested in, you know, the work that goes beyond just goal setting and 
cheerleading and you know helping make behavioral changes to make the kind of changes you want to make then you've got to check out the enneagram mm -hmm. i had never heard of the enneagram before i was like well what what is that and she said, don't ask me, just go, go find it, go, go, go and search. So I come back to Santa Cruz. I was living in Santa Cruz at the time. And I look around and Santa Cruz, we're pretty alternative here. We're pretty woo woo. We're, we're, you know, there's a spiritual vibe in this town and nobody was teaching the Enneagram, which was weird because the Enneagram comes out of, you know, spiritual tradition. Its roots are in, are in the spiritual transformation. So the fact that nobody was doing it was really weird. I had to go travel a couple of hours to go find a teacher who would teach this system. And the particular way she taught was she would teach with panels. So the way that you learn from a panel is you watch a, a facilitator and there's three or four people in the front of the room and those people are all the same personality type. So let's say it's personality type eight which is one of the bigger, more expressed types, right? Four or five type eights in front of the room and the teacher taking them into the exploration of their type, really digging deep. I go, in, I go into that set of panels, so nine, you know, each one of these an hour and a half, right? Nine different panels, each one an hour and a half. And my mind was blown. I could not believe what, I watched my panel. I'm an Enneagram type seven. When I saw my panel, I was like, oh my God, they're describing all the weird things that I do, all the ways that I shut down, all the ways that I get excited, all the, like they're inside my brain and describing things that I had known about myself, but didn't have real language for. It wasn't front and center. It was just kind of off to the side. And at times during that panel, I was embarrassed. I was like, oh God, don't tell them that. Jesus, you know what I mean? <laughs> Like inner, like oh God, you guys, you know, it's like one of those. Then I watched the four, four panel, which is in the basically in the shadow of the seven. It's for some of the fours, they just it's really shadowy material, stuff that we don't like to feel and be with, really like deep into pain and suffering. And the fours kind of like that; they're drawn towards pain and suffering. For the sevens, we're like, no, 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 keep it light. Don't go into that place. So when they went in there and hung out there for a good hour, I came out of there with my friend. My friend took a look at me and I was like, whoa. And my friends, Ben, you look stoned, man. You look like you just went through a trash <laughs> compact. What is happening? And I, I just blown away. I couldn't hold that level of depth for that long at that point in my development I just couldn't couldn't hold it and at, coming out of there I realized something was going on there was some magic I didn't understand exactly what it was but something was happening I, I, I had been revealed in ways that I'd never been revealed before I'd seen other people in the potential of how different they are from me I thought everybody saw the world the way I saw the world. But coming out of that, they live in a different universe, you know, their own matrix. What is going on with this system? How, what, what did I just go through? 
So go back to my mentor and she's, I told you, did I tell you? <laughs> I told you there was something there. Mm. <laughs> this is the thing. So that started a two decade love affair with this system and a deep dive into the learning and gathering the information, a two year program, a bunch of other additional training. Like I really went in and what we discovered was there was a lot of people who could understand their type but actually getting change and transformation wasn't very available. There was, we come to understand why we do what we do and we get a hold of the unconscious motivations and drives that helps a little bit, but we still are in that place where I see how I'm getting in my own way. I'm about to do my type thing. I'm about to say, you know, I got to type eights that are like, I'm about to blast somebody. I know that I'm irritated and I shouldn't be irritated right now to this extent. And I'm going to like thrash this person and they do it anyway, blah, you know, it comes out. And so our first waves of students would ask us again and again, how do I transform type? I can see my stuff. I know I'm caught in the clutches of my type. I'm in the matrix. I can't climb out. What do I do about that? And that really um, skewed our attention and our drive towards learning. What are the specifics? What are the chief modalities, the best ways to transform type? And that we've spent 20 years now really honing the, the craft and the skills and the processes to you know, create something that consistently can support people in that transformation and that change. And that, you know, that's really how I kind of ended up here. It was Yeah, it's interesting because you've not really, you, you didn't really do, like, you didn't have one of those drastic changes. Like, I started out as an engineer. Like, you kind of already knew, you, you know, yeah. that was the direction. It's, it's a fascinating evolution. Yeah, and <laughs> you're probably going to, you're going to giggle when, when I saw my type. Like, it was a little bit like, oh, and I thought I was weird, right? You know, all of a sudden to see, well, oh, okay. So it's not just me. <laughs> yes, yes. And, the, and the, the, the panel, it was like, oh, Jesus, this woman just said something. And it, I mean, I guess there's probably, I mean, my guess is that there, there'll be sort of combinations, you know, because there were certain things where I said, nah, that's not really me at all. But then yeah. like all of a sudden she said something and I'm like, oh, I think I've heard myself say that like literally exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's, it's, it's eye-opening, you know, to see how, so that, that, that core belief or that core fear, all of a sudden you kind of see it pop out like in your life where it shows up in the weirdest, mm -hmm. in the weirdest ways yeah like it makes sense like mm. it's, it's almost like the puzzle pieces of your life that were kind of free floating around they just go click 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 oh yeah that's why that's why i keep on getting that response from other people or that's why i keep on making that same mistake over and over and over again it's it's just my type running me you know i'm, yeah. I'm, I'm automatic so um, <laughs> I mean, you can tell I'm totally fascinated by this. Um, so is, is, the, is the type something we're just born with or is that something that we pick up? Because I actually looked at my type and I thought, oh boy, like that's my grandma to a T. 
you know. So, and we were really close. I'm like, okay, not surprising then that I would have picked up certain things from there, you know. Right. But I think what's in your experience, like, is it something that's inherited or, or yeah. how do you, how do you end up with your type? This nature versus nurture. Mm -hmm. That whole thing, yeah. <laughs> Can I blame my parents or is this something that happened along the way? Yeah, so imagine that your type skews reality and has you pay attention to certain things and not to other things. Uh, so sometimes we give the example, two kids grow up in the same family. One of the kids is that type eight I was talking about that tends to be more aggressive and intense. And the other one is a type four. And the, the type fours tend to have a core belief that um, they've been lost or rejected or um, they're unseen. They're, they're kind of on the outside of society or outside of groups sometimes. So they, they feel that sense of loss or rejection. And there's usually a, a, an artist, the creativity inside of the type fours. So both of these, these two people bring uh, in the same family, twins, let's say they're twins, they're growing up in the same family. And very early on, dad leaves. It's a, it's a trauma in the family. Dad leaves the family. So that doesn't create the types, but they'll both experience that loss of the father in very different ways. For the type eight, it'll be the authority figure has left. I'm, I'm in an authority vacuum. I've got to get tough. I've got to grow up. I've got to take control. I've got to armor up and deal with the world. So we have a lot of eights that grow up very quickly and take on responsibility and start pushing people around and kind of like, I've got to, I've got to be tough because the world is a dangerous place. So that's their story that they make up because of what they're paying attention to, okay? So the type four, very different experience, same circumstance, right? Same dad leaves, very different experience of it. For the type fours, there's this sense of, oh, I've been lost, I've been abandoned, my, my dad has left me and there's something wrong with me. There's some reason that I've been left and that, that I'm deficient in some way. And so then there's deep, you know, they're into melancholy and depression and exaggerated sense of loss gets created inside of them. And that's their story. That's their matrix. That's their reality. So as much as we would love to blame, you know, our parents or the, the trauma du jour, or the, you know, the people in our lives, we really do shape our responses to very similar stimuli based on our type. We, we kind of find ourselves at the mercy of this weird skew of reality that we have. Now, we do, if we have a, um, a parent or like your, you said your aunt. It was my grandma. Mm. Grandma, yeah, who, who's really present in our lives. So some, a real strong authority figure who's really present in our lives. We do tend to get an overlay of their type. So the, the, what, what, however they saw the world and, and their being and their essence, we, that does touch us. We do get a, the, an overlay of that. And if it's our type, then it really gets reinforced. You know, if the type that they are happens to be the same type we are, 
that 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 type really gets uh, reinforced in a big way. We kind of double down on it. I guess that's probably why we're so close to right because it kind yeah. of rolled the same way. Mm. Yeah, it's like mm. this is you know you can feel like you've met your your soulmate or your twin or you know like some somebody who really you can feel supported by. Yeah. Yeah. So in that process of transformation then to say well okay once i can see through it is there also kind of let's say a type specific way how people evolve beyond that yeah and it's very um very particular to each type what what that evolution looks like and how we support each type in evolution and change uh very specific so Let's do a couple examples. Um, let's do well. Let's do your type and another type. Okay. Are you open to Are you open to sharing your? Yeah, type? no, I'm a nine. A nine. Okay, so we'll do uh, we'll do a nine and a five because that'll get a good spread. Um, so if you look up at the top of the enneagram here, eight, nine, and one is the, uh, the top. We call it a triad up there, top triad, and those are body based types. So for all the body based types, eight, nine, and one. There's an underlying um, resistance, kind of a, a no to the world that as they grow and evolve, that changes. And for the eights, that no is big, as on blast. Like, no, you're not going to make me do anything. And they kind of challenge authority figures and they bump up against things. Um, for the one that it's turned internal. So you'll see a lot of ones that have a lot of rigidity, internal um, anger, resistance, there's kind of a judgment of self and judgment of others, and ones are perfectionists, so they tend to do things really well. There's a high bar, and so, you know, you want something done well, you give it to a type one, and they'll, they'll make, make sure that thing happens. Um, and for the nines, it's this weird mix where it, they're not super aggressive and confrontational, but there is a low level no, a resistance that's under underground. It's like there's a low hum of no, 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 you can't make me. Yeah. And so they, they tend to be uh, conflict avoidant. Like Absolutely. I'm not... I, I laughed when that came out. It's like, oh, this is like, this is so small. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing, my grandma, like her mantra, like the way she went through life was, oh, well, you just have to swallow it for the sake of peace. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's something down deep inside the nine where I'm not allowed to go after my, what I want, cause I'm going to rub somebody else the wrong way. Mm -hmm. You know, so I've, I've got to swallow it. I've got to, you know, kind of push my desires aside or, or not even know what they are. I mean, the nines have an amazing capacity to not know their own desires mm -hmm. to, to kind of bump around through uh, the world and, not really have a lot of fire for their own thing and until until they do you know uh, but it can be a quite a wandering like i'd be interested in your journey but for some nines mm. it's a real wandering path i tried this somebody told me i'd be good at that and so i tried that thing and you know eventually i kind of ended up somewhere uh, but it's almost like life happened to me instead of I didn't feel a lot of internal volition to go make that thing happen, uh, particularly when we're wrapped in type. Mm. So 
it it it'll it sometimes takes nines a while to find their groove and to really determine where their passion is you know that's part of their transformation is to start to believe i matter and i get to do what i want and uh and and then i can go for that thing but it takes a while is that true for you that's true yeah that's true in a way i think sort of that creative force that comes through i've had that really early you know, so there was always a lot of that, oh, yeah, no, and that needs to be expressed somehow. But yeah. it took me a long time to really understand what it actually was, because I, it, I seem to change careers a lot, right? <laughs> you know, like, and change hobbies and change careers and move countries and sort of a little like it almost, there was a long time where I'm like, what on earth am I doing? Why can't I just, you know? You know how those people who, who know they want to be a ballet dancer when they're four and they love ballet all their life, you know? So and yeah. I was never like that. I've always been creative and like a maker, you know, and I love languages and love sports and, you know, multi-passionate. So it's like literally it felt like a little, like a lot, like <laughs> all over the place. <laughs> and it wasn't until I saw the red thread in all of these you know, I was really the moment I saw, well, actually, you know what, all these things that I've been passionate about, and I'm very passionate and very enthusiastic about yes. stuff, but yes. it wasn't until I saw that, wait, they've all been different expressions of the same thing. Yes. I've ever only done one thing, and that is take an idea there's an idea and you know it can be my own or it can be my clients it can be somebody else's but like take that idea from this like ooh fluffy vision and then bring it down to okay so how do we make this happen yeah like you know what are you know how does it how do i bring it from the cloud onto yeah. the earth right and yeah. that's you know and you think well anything you make is exactly that you know and as always if there's a combination of lots of room for creativity and a very tangible technical skill if that combination is there i'm in the game right and it yep. just takes different shapes and you think like and in my mind developing software was always exactly the same thing as making a dress for somebody right? <laughs> or, or even <laughs> or building a business like you know in my mind it's the same thing and when i saw that that's yeah. when there was a sense of peace of purpose of yeah, yeah, I'm good now. Like, I'm not this nutcase who just blows yeah. my life. Mm. Yeah, so there, so that, you know, as you describe it, it does feel inside of me very much like that type nine journey of I, I go over here, I go over there. It feels kind of mis, misdirected or I'm not really sure and it lacks that focus. But then, like, it finally kind of lands a lot of time. And often for nines, they have to do some inner work. Yeah. You know, they, they, they've got to do some of the inner emotional or spiritual clear out some of the stuff before they can really start to find that thing. Yeah. And at some point, they become more willing to take the risk of taking a stand for themselves to say, I matter, this is what I want, even though it might rub other people the wrong way, they, yeah. they might get too big for their britches and, and <laughs> you know. The, yeah. And I think that whole thing about um, putting other people's, you know, oh, which restaurant do you want? I mean, you know, it plays out in small things, you know, do you want to go here? Do you want to go there? And if everybody, oh, let's go here, oh, I'm easy. Like I go along. 
you know, mm. and I won't, well, I, I think I, I am getting much better at it, but it's like, you know, and I, but it's, it took me a long time to even think. I had to burn myself out in my first business to yeah. even get to the point, like, wait, like this, I don't want, I know, like this is way too exhausting, you know, <laughs> but it was actually the first time in that space of burnout of like, look, I'm sick of all of this, that I thought, wait, like, what do I actually want? Yes. Because the whole time it was always, well, I have to do this because my clients want this and I have to do this because, you know, I need to do this, whatever. And I never even, I never stopped. Yeah. I built yeah. an entire business without once thinking, what do I actually want out of this? You know, right. so the, the, yeah. the ninth, we, we sometimes say they're merging with their environment. Mm -hmm. they, they don't hold the energetic charge in here. They're just, they're, they're merged with. And so if this person wants it, oh, maybe I want that. If this person tells me that I should do, I'll just go do that. And so they're all, they're kind of pulled by of least life. resistance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and then they do, they get exhausted, they get spent, they get spread too thin. Uh, sometimes it costs them their health, but it's often it costs them a lot of money. Um, you know, they can't charge what they're worth, um, have trouble talking about what they're do up to in the world, and it's kind of selling themselves can really be an issue when they're when they're in this place. Um, and as they evolve and grow, those things shift the way you're describing. They 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 find their focus. They develop more self worth. They like, what do I really want? And they can kind of move towards that. So, so let's contrast that with type five, right? So that was the type nine. So now I come over to type five, five, six, and seven there. The, now we're head-based types. Mm -hmm. Those were eight, nine, one. Those were body-based types underlying anger and resistance. Now we're five, six, and seven head-based types underlying fear and anxiety for these types. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of like, zzz, oh, what's going to happen is underneath for these types. Uh, and for the fives, they kind of live in a world that is a bit invasive, a world that encroaches on their limited resource, limited time, limited energy. Um, and so the fives often are kind of contracted back from the world where the nines were all out. The fives are much more held and contained. Amazing researchers amazing at gathering information um, you know the archetype of the scholar back you know removed observing the world from back here hmm, how does it all work what's going on out there uh, but from a safe space and um, and very clear what they want in contrast to the nines the fives like i want this i want this and i and, and i'm gonna self-sufficient not merged with others but I'm going to go do this on my own and I'm going to make it happen. Of all the types, the fives are the most up in the head. So they have a lot of trouble feeling people's emotions, feeling their own emotions, knowing that they have a body. They're kind of like hauling their body around like it's a sack of you know, <laughs> skin. I've got to feed it every once in a while, but I'll just take this body with me. You know, it's, it's a very uh, interesting relationship between them and their body. And because they don't have a lot of access to the, the heart, it's hard for them to read social cues and to be around people. So uh, I had an entrepreneur who was a type five client 
and his he was charged with selling so his his job was to go out and and sell to potential clients and he needed to raise 40 million dollars to do it and they brought me in to coach him because he wasn't closing he wasn't raising the money and his staff all didn't like him they experienced him as aloof and removed and kind of not with them and uh, we discovered that he was a type five and I started asking him about how does he feel about his staff and when there was enough trust he told me I just don't like people very much Ben it's not just my staff I'm a, you know, it was like just people in general and, and, and he did feel superior to them and he was irritated that they didn't do it the way he, and he didn't know how to create relationship and have them feel connected to him. Um, and so we did some work and kind of have them connect to the body and, you know, that's their, their journey. A lot of the type five journey is from the head into the heart and into the body and, and to kind of realize you have emotions and they're really important to know what they are. And other people too, you like to find out what emotions they how are they feeling? So, you know, he used to say, I would assign tasks and nobody would do the task and they'd come back and we'd have another meeting and nobody would have it done and I'd just get pissed off and, you know. And so after we kind of get them connected up, he would, Ben, I went into the, and I assigned this person a task to work with this person and they looked at each other like they hated each other. And I could finally read the cues. I assigned this person a task and they immediately folded their arms. And before I wouldn't know that they were angry at that I assigned them that particular task. And I'm, I'm starting to see it. Like I'm starting to read the emotional cues and the subtleties and what's going on. And so I could adjust. His staff started doing what he wanted them to do. They started to believe in him and connect with him. He started to read the people who were coming in and create relationship, more solid relationship with, we had to teach him some relational skills too. We're really, we're really good at teaching people <laughs> skills on how to develop connected relationships. So he started doing that. And he raised the $40 million. Like he, he closed on the $40 million. He spun off an organization. He went out into the world. He's in the elevator in this new organization that he is now the, the CEO for. And somebody else gets into the elevator and they say to him, hey, do you work at such and such? Are you running that organization? He goes, yes. And, he, and that person said, I wanna work for you. Every wow. time I talk to your staff, they're fired up to work for you. Can I work for you in your organization? Such That's a turnaround. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's like dramatically different for this type five. And so that journey of learning how to deal with people, of coming out of the head, of kind of opening up where the, you know, for the nines, you had to find yourself. He had to actually let go of some of his holding and share himself more and learn how to be in relationship with other people. Really different development, really different issues, really different journey, depending on your type. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's absolutely fascinating. So you've been fascinated by this for two decades. Where do you see yourself? You know, do you, 10 years down the line, do you think you'll still, because some, some topics just keep giving, you know, so yeah. I think there's just more and more depth. And I didn't, I don't know, like, what's your take? What's up? What's next for you? Because I don't really see you 
changing anywhere else. I think there's so much depth there that you yes. probably won't get bored. But what's your take? Yeah, on it? yeah. I think that you know the people who work with the Enneagram say the bottom keeps on opening on it. Mm. Like there's, there's, there always seems to be another level of, of, of depth, another level of understanding, you know, like that ongoing deepening. And I mean, honestly, there's other parts, you know, as I was growing up, I love to, to get into being an actor and it, I was, I got a teaching credential at one point so I could teach. So all similar to you, all these skills kind of go into how I, I do my work, you know, when I, when I sit in front of a, a group, there is the actor and the teacher and the, the facilitator and the like it, it all gets to come out and we, we get to kind of rock and roll. I love that. My, my favorite space is to be doing deep level transformational work with a big group and, and kind of riding the energy and, and kind of supporting people in their self-exploration and transformation. Um, so I cannot see that changing. Uh, <laughs> We, we've got an event coming up. We'll tell you yeah, all about tell, the event. Yeah, tell me a little bit about. Tell me about that. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll talk a little about that now. Um, so we have a free test, an assessment. So people can take the assessment. Go over to touchedandtransformed.com/test um, or assessment, and you can. I'll, get I'll in put there. the link in there. Yep. Great. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's free. It's five minutes to help you figure out which of these you are. And you'll also get a, a video about what are the best methods for change and transformation? How do you evolve your type? And we have a, a, a two-day event coming up, a, a seminar, <laughs> where we get to uh, jump into doing the deeper level work. So you get to not only explore what's going on for you at, at a deeper level uh, for your particular personality type, but you get to do shadow work. You get to jump into that deeper transformative juice, like developing connected, safe relationships for you to really reveal and go in and start to shift. How do you orient to the world? How do you break free from your particular matrix? The 20 years of finding best methods and approaches and creating um, space for people to kind of go in and shift how their belief structures it's not easy you know we're mm -hmm. identified with this stuff so it, it takes some deeper level work to to go in there and do that and uh, the particular shadow piece that we're going to be working with is called disowned self-love so imagine if you kind of push your own sense of self-love away how that affects you you don't take care of yourself as well. You're not as um, connected to your dream, your fire, your passion. Uh, you, other people are kind of irritating to you. Sometimes you're irritating to you. And as you do shadow work and you bring that self-love back in, dramatic changes in you. Self-acceptance goes up. Your sense of passion for yourself goes up. The, the kind of other people, like when we love ourselves in a deeper way, other people can love us in a deeper way. As entrepreneurs, we become very inviting, very attractive. Like we've got that glow that people, I don't know what you're up to, but I want to play with you. you know, <laughs> that kind of experience uh, when we're, we're kind of in the pocket after we do a lot of this work, we're bringing aspects of ourselves back, of our soul back and integrating them in. So we become very attractive to a, a world that's looking for people who are lit up 
from the inside out. Um, so I'll, we'll be doing that at the two day event. So please come play with us. Awesome. And so I'm people, do you, do you have a link for it? Well, I mean, I'm going to obviously pop it, pop it in the in the show notes, but for anybody who's just listening. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll give you a link that you can put in that we can. Okay, uh, cool. But the real way to, to get to that video, go to the website and take the Just test. Go to the test. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the first step anyway, right? To even yeah, start kind of knowing. Complete the test. It'll take you to the video description where you can sign up for the event. So you okay, cool. If you complete the test, it'll take you to a page. You um, when you get to that page big video on the, the the program how to use the enneagram you know a lot of training in the video and you can sign up for the program there awesome well thank yeah. you so much this is something you know it's opening up a whole world and i love your i love it when you have your glasses on and, <laughs> and the, the matrix it was fascinating thank you so much and yeah. i'm sure there's loads of insights for, for listeners and um, yeah definitely check out the event check out take the test it's, uh, I can highly recommend it. It's quite eye-opening. So thank you yeah. for that. Yeah, and let, let, let us know how it goes, what you discover about yourself. We're always interested in, you know, having people describe, oh my, I saw this in me in a way that I didn't before. Or I, or I found out things about my mom that I didn't know, or my sister that I didn't know, or my kid that, I, you know, like once you discover these nine types, the, mm. the people in your life, There'll be subtleties and, and fears and gifts and joys that, that you never knew about them. Like they'll, they'll mm -hmm. come alive for you in a new way. To me, it's like, you know, that's where a lot of the magic happens. Totally. Well, thank you so much. And I'll speak to you soon. Yep. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and leave a review to help others find it. If you are a coach, speaker or author, a passionate big picture thinker with a vision and you want to build an online business to reach and impact more people, go to passionbusinesspodcast.com and download a free copy of my book, Taming the Tech Monster. And join my free community, Don't Just Learn, Create, Business Building for Mavericks to connect with others on the same path. That's passionbusinesspodcast.com. I'll speak to you soon.